the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am called Spud, Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Welcome to our little program. You know, I'm not totally delusional here, but I am semi-proud that we can continue to deliver a decent product at 2% of the cost, you know, the big boys out there have to come up with cranking out, you know, their syndicated programming. I, I realize we're, we're just lint on their corporate trousers, you know, you know, those, the radio cartels I'm speaking about. But hey, they better not sleep on this show because we are coming after them. That's right. Maybe not today or this month or even in my lifetime, but sometime, all right? And on that note, let me get the show started. I need to announce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy, is on vacation. Uh, I, I think she's in Cancun partying or something. Uh, so taking her place is our regular temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Now, I know you're not happy about this temporary situation, yeah. but hey, there's no I in team. Give us a decent chuckle. <clears throat> okay. First, first of all, it's temporary permanent co-host. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and I want to say that I have filed an unfair labor practice complaint about this demotion from my prior it's position. temporary. Well, I'm particularly upset about your decision to place your stalker, or whatever your um, relationship is with Amber here, yeah. as co-host. I understand. You have said this is just until your Aunt Dorothy returns from her trip, but it is highly demeaning to me, as I've been loyal to you, Spud. This is very hurtful. I think the reason why is I've just been, like, so unhappy. Just chill out, dude. Well, this, this move, you know, just made sense. We absolutely need, we need a designated laugher. And, and who better to fill those shoes than you? Come on, give us a chuckle. Fine. Ha 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 ha. Now, now, was that so hard? Well, but you know, c could you pick up the energy? Uh, as, ha, as, ha, it was, was kind of weak. Um, okay, anyway, let me now introduce our co host for this show yeah. and this show only. Um, my stalker, well, I mean, my your girlfriend, girlfriend. Is that so difficult to say out loud? Well, it's not, I could, I could say it. And okay. please, will you and others in the studio stop calling me your stalker? I've always that found that very offensive. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. But, you know, you did stalk me you know, for months, actually. It was very scary at first. You know, I was forced to buy a security system. Well, you know, it really wasn't a, like a real security system. I, I just put a bunch of tacks on the floor before I went to sleep at night. But, you know, when I later learned that you were not going to sneak into my apartment and put a pillow over my face, I started to warm up to you, right? I mean, I, I mean, you do make killer chocolate chip cookies. Yes! 
I like to think I bring more to our relationship than cookies. Yeah, you, you know, my wife, Rachel, has baked snickerdoodles for our staff here yeah. on many occasions, and everyone loves them, by the way. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Uh, well, not everyone. Everyone. Okay? I feel snickerdoodles are a travesty. And uh, very much a substandard cookie, if you could even call it a cookie. Ha, no ha, offense ha, ha, to your ha. wife, but but Amber's chocolate chip cookies blow hers away. Why, mm. thank you, Spud. That might be the sweetest thing you've ever said about me in public. Yeah, well, you know, don't, don't go overboard. Maybe, ha, ha, maybe ha. I should rephrase it and say... Please ha, ha, don't you're... qualify a compliment to the woman you love. I've told you many times that's not okay. Ending an affirmative statement with but or accept, it nullifies the positive message. Was that right out of that couples counseling book I've seen you reading? I like saying, but, and except. I mean, that, that's going to be tough to stop saying. Um, how about we split the difference, and I, and I can still say, but, and I'll stop saying except. I'm sure that in a pair of testicles. Uh, you, you know, if I may add something here, you know, my wife and I firmly believe the key to a healthy relationship is total honesty. I got to admit the truth. It turned me on. But if you feel that Amber here is not the woman that God intended you to share your life with, it's certainly appropriate that you voice your concerns about her. Um, Jerry, why don't you just bet out of my personal business? Spud, tell him to stop talking. Gerald. I really can't, like, put duct tape over his mouth. You know, there is that amendment in in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. or or maybe it's in the Bill of Rights, whatever. It it, it lets him say stuff. Get him out of here! Uh. Right away. I listen to the show, and you continually tell him to keep his mouth shut. Am- Amber, but by the way, Am- Amber is your legal birth name, correct? Because to me, it sounds a little bit like an exotic dancer's moniker. But but anyway, be aware, I voluntarily follow Spud's directive to subjugate my personal leanings, though I am by law allowed to express myself should I feel it is necessary. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? You know, listen, can't, can't we all just get along here? Come on, man. I mean, I'm getting along. There's no need for this to get nasty. This is just one show. You did say we would see how it goes, so let's keep all options open and take a good listen to the show when we get back to your apartment tonight. Well, I, uh, I know it's early in the program, but I sense I'm starting to hit my rhythm. I think everyone will learn to love what I bring to the show. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, Amber. My wife just texted me and said, the show's really hard to listen to right now. She said it's missing something. Yeah, I don't know how objective your wife is, because I well, know for a fact, I've been, I was told this, um, she said you are one errant chicken bone, you know, stuck in my throat away from hosting this show. So I, I have a pretty good idea. She's prayed for that to happen. I, am I right? I mean, well, I mean, you, uh, you, you might want to tell her. I don't eat chicken. What's that chicken still doing out? Listen, she has never prayed for your death, Spud. Those exact words were not in her prayers, I assure you. Yeah, okay, good to know. But both of you need to get along here, all right? Look at each other. Uh, okay, <laughs> just, you're going to have to, at least for the next 50 minutes or so. Right now, hmm. I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. Yeah, here they are, the Stereo Creeps.
Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and I've reached the pinnacle of my career. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. All right. Spud, your first guest, Nancy Grace, is waiting to speak with you. Now, she's a lawyer, right? Um, she plays one on TV, and I'm pretty sure she's one in real life, too. Hey, hey, you, you know, Spud, you might ask Nancy if she's worked on any stalker cases in the past. Not that I'm casting aspersion on, on Amber here, but she did at one time make you very uncomfortable. Yeah, well... I, um, I don't know if it was I, illegal or, or if it would work for Nancy to examine on one of her shows, but... Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. Um, what the heck are you talking about, Gerald? Well... Spud has called me a stalker in a very affectionate manner. He never meant it literally. He's very romantic and uses a lot of special terms for me. Uh... Yeah, yeah, what she said, all right? Uh, just please put Nancy through as, as I know she's really busy. Do you want me to jump in the conversation? I have pretty good knowledge um, of the law. I watch all the CSI shows and Law and & Order most of the time. No, no. Uh, the, that's a show rule. I don't know if I thought I told you this like many times. No one is allowed to speak with a guest but me. Just put her through. Whatever. Hey, intern guy, put her through. Please welcome television host, legal correspondent, and author Nancy Grace. Welcome to our show. Hello, Spud. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so you have a brand new oh, program. Great, yeah, you have a brand new program on the AE Network, Grace versus Abrams, airing each Thursday night at 11 Eastern, 10 Central. You and Dan Abrams will go head to head, delving into notorious crimes, correct? Yes, we take on the biggest investigations and crimes and trials that have gone down and are going down in our country. And not only that, not only do I battle it out with Abrams, but there is a live studio audience. Oh, not super. only is there a live studio audience who is coming up with their own questions, they're unrehearsed, they're spontaneous, coming up with their own questions and theories and ideas, but we bring on 
witnesses and evidence that was not produced at trial has not yet been heard that I really believe would have changed the outcome of the trials. Wow. So is is your opponent and fellow host Dan Abrams ready for this? I mean, you are a fierce competitor, so he better be on the top of his game. There'll be like a judge, a a referee or something to determine a winner each week because no one likes a tie. (laughs) I really think that we should start the program with the bell that you hear before a prize fight. Yeah, you know what? He has been a legal journalist for many, many years. He knows his way around the case, so I think he's a pretty formidable opponent. Okay, well, will there be like a handshake or a display of sportsmanship afterwards? Because I, I have a problem myself with that after I lose at anything. How, how do you deal with the, with the loss or a win at the end? Is there any kind of, uh, do you keep it, I mean, is it like a, like in a courtroom where you have to keep your emotions in check? Well, you know, that's certainly one theory about how to win a case, to keep your emotions in check, but I've never found that that's very helpful. I think you have to be completely honest, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, the truth of murder cases and investigations isn't always pretty and civil. Yeah. It's not like we're at a tea party. Oh, all right, super. Well, you know, speaking of Notorious, will you guys take on the Biggie Smalls murder? Because how could that still be open after all these years? And Tupac's case, too. Do you think if it was, like, Barry Manilow or Celine Dion, the case would have been solved in a few weeks? I think that it is a miscarriage of justice that Tupac and Big's cases were never solved. I mean, Tupac was gunned down. Yes. Um, broad daylight with hundreds of witnesses around. There's no doubt in my mind it could have been solved. Yeah. Do you have any hope it ever will be? I'm thinking about that. You know, um, the family relatives in that case have filed civil suits trying to get the truth. I think that there's so, it's just like you, you run down every rabbit hole trying to find the answer in that. And whoever knows for sure isn't coming forward, and it makes me wonder why. I just can't help but believe that big money is involved. Yeah. Uh, Any any chance you guys might take that one on? There's absolutely a chance. We're looking at all the biggest cases and investigations that have gone down and that are going down right now. Oh, super. Spud, who is this Biggs man you and Nancy are speaking about? I I don't think I'm familiar with him. Uh, Hey, Nancy, I need a moment here. Biggie Smalls, the late great rapper. I've already told you who he was when you asked the same question on the air a couple years ago. I I must have forgotten. So uh, he was one of those rap guys. Uh, Did he have any songs that I might know? Uh, Probably not. Gerald, you have at least heard of Tupac though, right? I mean, come on. Okay, what is this Tupac's last name? I I may know who he is. Is he a singer or is he a rapper too? Yeah. Yeah, and he still sells a ton of records to this day. But, you know, it just occurred to me that it would be way better if Nancy's show took this case on after I get done watching On Demand, that USA show about it. You know, I I think it's called Unsolved, the the Murders of Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. I'm on episode three right now, and I don't need any spoilers before I find out how the cops screwed up the case. Uh, Just let me get back to Nancy, though. Anyway, all right, moving on. Now, you appeared on maybe one of the absolute best TV shows of all time, The Wire. How cool was that? Oh, it was awesome. Isn't that a great show? I was just so... One of the best. Really honored to be even part of it. 
Um, you, but and then after that, you also appeared as yourself on Law and Order, I guess. Or um, did you ask the writers to make sure you won your case versus Star Jones, or, or did you have any say in that? No, I have no say in it whatsoever. I'm just happy to be invited. Happy they thought of me. All right, super. Um, well, Nancy, you're a very famous person. What's it like to see others in show business do you on the screen? I, I myself would kill to be on a Saturday Night Live sketch. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I don't really consider myself famous at all. Well, you are. I've I have to am that. a. <laughs> I consider myself to be a crime victim that became a prosecutor that somehow landed a show with the late Johnny Cochran, God rest his soul. I've always been like a frog, just jumping from the next lily pad to the next to the next. I think that when you have a big plan about how your life is going to unfold, I think somewhere there's an angel just laughing, because that's probably not the plan that God has in mind for you. I would never have thought, growing up on a red dirt road in middle Georgia, that I would ever be on TV for Pete's sake. And after my fiance was murdered, I mean, I had to get rid of my plan to be a Shakespearean literature professor. And my new plan became going to law school and to become a victim's rights advocate. And that's what happened. I never thought ever there would be TV in my future. But more important, I never thought that I would ever have a family after Keith was murdered. And it took me over 20 years before I finally would try again. And I did it in the nick of time. I got pregnant at 47 and gave birth at 48. So I guess that's proof that God has a plan even I certainly do not understand. Okay, well, all right, well, last question. Um, This is in regards to the business, to the law business, or, or actually, you know, in regards to attorneys, do you, do you think lawyers get a bad name? Because, I, I mean, most people think attorneys are like pit bulls who would, like, sue to obtain someone's soul if need be. Are they misunderstood? No, I think they're understood perfectly well. I think it's crystal clear. And I think those types of lawyers absolutely exist, uh, that the truth means nothing. However, I have to say that some of the finest and most decent people I have ever known were lawyers and judges. Right. that are really dedicated to doing the right thing. Right. So it's just like you're, you're, the population, good and bad. But I really believe, for the most part, people are good. Okay. Well, you know, I have a buddy who's an attorney, and even his wife and kids don't, aren't really that fond of him. But I, I, totally, I, I hear what you're saying. He's a good guy. <laughs> All right, we're going to let you go. I will remind everyone that your new show, Grace vs. Abrams, airs each Thursday night at 11, 10 Central. Hey, thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Thank you, and I'll see you on A&E, and I'm super grateful that you invited me. Thank you. Super, Miss Nancy Grace. Howdy, 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 folks. Welcome, howdy, welcome, howdy, welcome, 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 howdy, welcome to the nature's wonderland. Nature's wonderland. Nature's wonderland. 
nature's wonderland. Out if nature's wonderland. 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 Out if, out if, out if, nature's wonderland. Desert heat sometimes gets to you, and sometimes. Aha! Look down there on your left. Beaver Valley. Pretty gals. Bear gals. Desert heat sometimes gets to you. You know, nature's wonderland is awful pretty. But sometimes she can be a mighty rugged place to live. Say, uh, ever hear of the devil's paint pots? You know, I hear tell a long time ago dinosaurs roamed this area. As we head for the wilderness, a couple of suggestions. Bears are one of the most playful animals there is. Lazy, too. Look on that bank across Bear Creek there. Never could figure that out. As we pass through old Natural Arch Bridge, these here cactus take on strange shapes. Strange cactus, strange cactus, strange cactus. The desert heat sometimes gets to you. Look out now! <laughs> Look out! They're starting to tumble. <laughs> you know, last trip, Look out! There's one now! Real mystery of the desert. I hope you all enjoyed your trip into nature's wonderland. <laughs> well, thanks for riding along, and look out now! <laughs> well, come on back again when you're out in these here frontier parts, will you? So long! Howdy, folks! Howdy, folks! not going anywhere and neither should you the spot goodman radio show returns in just a moment We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Spud, is this really all a co-host does? Well, you know... I have to say, I'm bored out of my mind right now. Okay. I thought being a co-host would be kind of exciting, you know, like being a co-pilot or something. <laughs> I don't have anything important to do here. Uh, Amber, if I might add some perspective to your comment here, a real co-host knows the importance of the role, even if he or, or she, in your case, is not able to join in on the conversation. Your number one task is to make the host, Spud, feel like you have his back and are there should he need you. You complete me. I mean, yeah. Spud I was knows I have his back, okay? okay. I'm his girlfriend. We are intimately involved, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, I think that qualifies me as being much closer to him than some guy who sells carpet remnants on the side. Hey, I am the number two salesman this quarter at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. <laughs> That's our new one. I like that. You know, if you must know, uh, and, and having a family to support, by the way, I do need the extra income. Amber, you don't have any children, correct? And I'm guessing at your age now, that looks like it isn't in the cards for you. 
I don't think it's going to happen. Can I ask, do you own a cat? Yes, I actually have two cats. Uh-huh. And you don't know if I'll ever have a kid. I am pregnant. Are you my OBGYN? I don't think so. Well, so let, let, let me change the subject here and maybe mm-hmm. we could discuss trade tariffs or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we talk about this last season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I mean, Beverly it's... Hills. No, 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 no. This is a reality show free zone, Amber. Please respect the boundaries. Y- yes, uh, Spud has made it clear over the years we would not discuss anything to do with those types of shows. Lauren, will you accept this for us? You know, if you were a regular listener, you would have known that. Well, maybe that's why the ratings of this show suck so badly, Spud. You really... Oh. Do you you need to do a makeover on this program. Yeah, it's, I know you say that, it's, but... Spud. It's so well, it really needs a woman's perspective. With the both of you, it skews toward an Elks Club vibe. Well, you know, my Aunt Dorothy, a regular uh, designated laugher, adds a lot to the show because she... Yeah, she seems like a nice lady, but what you need is a younger female's POV. No disrespect to her. I know she's your only living aunt now. I am extremely close to my aunt, you know, and, and she might be listening online to the show right now. She's on vacation, you know, but they do have the internet in Cancun. Hey, if you're listening, Aunt Dorothy, I, I hope you're having a blast, you know, and meeting some young hunks on the beach. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Uh, your boy toy here, uh, Chance the Intern, is moping around the studio like his dog got run over or something. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it's not funny, really. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you should email him to cheer him up right now as we still have, you know, a bit of show to do here. Uh, yeah, and Mrs. Jarvitz, if you are listening from down south, I hope you're having fun, and I hope that you are using protection, if you know what I mean. I, I've heard about the wild spring bake break parties down there, so so be careful. And also, make sure to use at least S, at least SPF 60 with your sunscreen, because I, I gotta tell you, I got quite the sunburn last summer at our backyard cookout, so lather up. I think 60 is a bit of overkill, don't you think? I don't use sunscreen myself. Just baby oil with a touch of cocoa butter. That's how I keep my tan year-round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks to me like maybe you've logged a few too many sessions in the old tanning bed there. Over the line! You know, you might want to cut back just a bit, uh, but I'm sure your dermatologist is on top of your situation. You know, Amber, this might be a good time for you to, like, check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Can't you find out yourself? What are you doing right now? <laughs> just, well, it's just... Just yeah. yell at the intern chance to see if anyone's on the line. Um, that's, it's, it's sort of the job of the co-host. <laughs> You're supposed to handle that? Yeah. Hell will freeze over. But would, would you like me to check with Chance? It's clear someone is not following the chain of command here in the studio. Chain of command. Hey, Chance, uh, is the uh, next guest ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure? Pretty sure. So, from what I hear, um, your next guest, C. Thomas Howell, is holding for you. Yeah, I think I heard him say it. Yeah. He was really famous when I was younger. I loved his movies. Uh, you know, Amber, if, if I might interject again here, the correct manner to inform Spud about a guest is to say, <clears throat> Spud, your next guest, C. Thomas Howell, is waiting to speak with you. The only difference is I said holding for you instead of waiting to speak with you. Big deal. Yeah. Well, it is a big deal. Small details are the difference between a successful radio show and... And, and, and the Spud Goodman show. Well, I know that's what most people think, as we're not great with small details. How does that resonate for you in the bedroom? 
Maybe so. But listen, if Amber's going to serve as the co-host on this episode, she needs to do things correctly. Gerald, when was the last time you had sex with a woman? Oh. You seem very frustrated. Uh, I, okay, I am not sexually frustrated. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Just put C. Thomas through, please. Welcome to the show, actor and director C. Thomas Howell. Thanks so much for coming on our show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, so you have a new movie out that is titled Shifting Gears, now in theaters nationwide. Can you give us the That's basics right. on the film? I, I haven't seen the screener yet. You know, Shifting Gears is uh, a bit of a throwback to what I would say the old 70s, 80s Disney movies, um, uh, sort of heart and soul humanity and 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 some good old-fashioned action it's a it's it's a race car movie it's really a coming-of-age movie you know i know i know you probably don't enjoy you know being referred to your full name because you have but i I have to say you have one of the coolest names in show business it just rolls off the tongue well and and it might have helped my career if i put a letter before spud goodman i just got to say i i I love your name i don't know i just love i always have for years what letter would you pick what letter would you pick i don't know maybe T or Z or something. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I, there's more important things to talk about, I know. but Because I want to say I have enjoyed a bunch of your projects over the years. You know, like, like specifically you. Southland. Well, that was a great show. I saw every episode. You played a badass cop on it. Um, I wish that was still I love on. doing that part. I love that gig. Southland was awesome. We started out on NBC. Um, uh, NBC had that fiasco with, uh, uh, I think it was... Jay, that they moved to the like ten o'clock spot, and we got bummed. Yeah, and went over to TNT and spent a few years on TNT. That was fine. Really I followed you. Really loved doing that piece. Yeah. that piece was great with Michael Cudlitz and uh, Regina King. Uh, great cast. Scott was now on Animal Kingdom. I'm going back to LA on Monday to uh, go back to Animal Kingdom. I spent oh, seven episodes the first season on that, and I'm headed back there now. Super. And. Uh, just, uh, uh, I love that piece, Southland. I, I would love to do one more two-hour movie so we can wrap it up. I don't know if you saw the last episode, but we yep. kind of left left some unanswered questions there, and right. sure would like to go back to it. But um, right, I appreciate you watching that. Yeah, well, you know, it took me a few minutes. Uh, speaking of another project, uh, of watching you on last season's Ray Donovan to figure out it was you as his therapist because it was the beard, I think. But you know, Ray Ray does have a lot of serious anger issues, and I thought you handled him really well. You weren't intimidated by his brooding demeanor. You know, I gotta tell you, uh, I loved that. I loved that season. I loved doing that. Um, it, 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 I went in and I spoke to him about it, and I live. I live. I live. Backing up a little bit about the beard, you know. I live. Uh, I live in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and um, I had a goatee that I grew out for a part that I did uh, last year on a, on a show for Netflix called The Punisher. And we wrapped up right before Thanksgiving, and my my wife said to me, you know, why don't you just let your hair and beard grow out? And I thought, okay, well let's do it. And my lord, I. I just let that thing go, and I went. And I started taking a couple of meetings, and my my agents and managers started saying, "Man, we kind of like this thing. Let's let's get you in the door and meet a couple of people, see what they say." And uh, people over Ray Donovan just loved it. They asked me if I'd play his therapist, and and um, what a great uh, year of work for me, working with Leah Schreiber, and and uh, um, really watching how he uh, approaches his craft. 
Um, there's something that I, I see in common with some of these great guys who are able to take a TV series and, and run it for five, six years, whether it's Kiefer Sutherland or James Spader on the blacklist or Leah Schreiber. These guys all have something in common and they all work their asses off and they care tremendously about everybody on their set. And um, it's just a great time to be able to go to work and, and have that bar raised to such a level that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're shooting for the stars. Right. And um, you're challenged. And, 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 you know, after a day's work with guys like that, you just, I can't even express what it feels like. It's just awesome. Yeah, you know, Ray Donovan is must-see TV. I will state that. That's my opinion. You know, Spud, yes. as C. Thomas said, it must be inspirational for those who work with the selected few who are so talented they can carry a show to greatness. You know, it's not your fault that you that, that you are mediocre. I, I mean, we don't hold you responsible for the, last, the lack of success of this show. You do the best you can with the skills you have. Oh, uh, hey, man, give me a brief moment. I am not ashamed to admit I am mediocre. Yeah. I've pled guilty to that charge before on the air. What's your point? Well, I'm just saying, for those who are fortunate enough to work with the true stars who can raise the work of everyone around them, well, th they're very lucky. Gerald, you're lucky you even have a job in radio. How the hell did you ever get this job? Well, if you must know, I saw an ad on Craigslist, and I applied for it. I, I think I was one of, like, six people who were Actually, interviewed. Actually, there were only two people interviewed. Oh. No one else showed up for their interview. It, it was either you or hire some community theater actor who, who thought we should turn this show into a, a radio theater production. Hmm. Can you believe that? No. Well, yeah, anyway. So, just let me get back to see Thomas. Alrighty, I'm back. I'm good, brother. So let me let me hit you with this one way back. Let's turn the clock way back. When you were a young actor shooting The Outsiders with Francis Ford Coppola, did you get it then mm. that you were working with one of the all-time great directors? You know, I, I think that's what Francis sort of appreciated about me. Because um, I was 14 when we started auditioning for that role, and, you know, I was 15 when we did the movie. But I, I you know... I had seen Apocalypse Now, I, I had, you know, heard of The Godfather, but I, I wasn't impressed by this guy that they called Francis Ford Coppola because I, I you know, I was, at that time, uh, all I cared about were my horses and, and, and rodeo, and I had no intentions of really being an actor for my lifetime. My father was a stuntman, still is a stuntman, and I thought I would just, you know, rodeo and do stunts. And um, when I was real young, I did a movie called E.T., uh, yeah, I might have heard of it. Of, yeah, a little film called E.T., and that rolled into The Outsiders. So I went from Steven Spielberg to Francis Ford Coppola, and all of a sudden people were kind of looking at me as as something other than uh, a wannabe stuntman. And, and lo and behold, a career was born, and, you know, I fought like hell to stick with it. I love to act. I still love it. You know, you go through ups and downs and peaks and valleys as an actor, but if you don't cave in, you know, if you, if you just stick with it and... Uh, Find a way to get through those those tough times without imploding um, personally. It, 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 it just automatically turns into you know like it's like a fine wine. You know you just age and, and it, it it becomes better. And it takes a long time to figure out what you're doing as an actor. And I find you know now that I'm 50, um, 
when I approach a piece, I have an advantage because I may not necessarily know exactly what I'm going to do, but I damn sure know what I'm not going to do because right. I've done it wrong many, many, right. many times. So right. it, it gives me a real leg up when I'm walking into something, and, and uh, it's just awesome. Right. Well, I have to say I've imploded a few times. I totally hear what you're saying, but I know you got to scoot. So <laughs> let me remind everyone that your new movie, Shifting Gears, is now in theaters nationwide. Thanks so much for coming on our show. Hey, Spud, thanks for having me, and I hope to talk to you soon, brother. We're going to find a good initial that fits well with Spud. Um, thank you so much. All right, you take care. For a genuine musical treat, Tune in to the, the Spud Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. Okay, it's musical guest interview time, so say hello to the stereo creeps. You know, guys, honestly, I've only been around you for like an hour or so, but you really don't seem that creepy. You actually seem very nice. That's very nice of you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, so, um, Sean, why don't you introduce your bandmates? Well, right over here, I've got Mr. Mark Wardell on the bass guitar. I've got Kai Stranscove on the drums, and I've got Robert Dollison on guitars. I'm Robert. Super. And Sean, you are? Oh, yeah, I'm Sean. I'm Sean. You got a last name. Sean Moe, and I'm in this band. Yeah, okay, fine. Stereo, Stereo Creeps. Okay, you have a new record out titled Suck, correct? It's going to be out real soon. Okay. On April 21st at Substation, we're uh, going to play the whole album live from start to finish. And uh, we're going to release a small batch of CDs until the vinyl's done. All right. Hey, can I ask if any animals or insects were harmed in the recording of this album? <sighs> I don't think that was a problem. I do think a lot of brain cells were uh, obliterated, though. Okay. I, can, I can attest to that. Yeah, you know, I have to admit, I accidentally stepped on a beetle on the way to the studio. He was crossing the sidewalk, and I didn't see him. Oh. I just thought it's <sighs> kind of bummed me out. Tonight. Anyway, never mind. Uh, yeah, I have to ask that old cliche question right now. I just... I have to. All right. What what bands have influenced the Stereo Creep sound? Well, <clears throat> okay, I'll just name a few real quick. Um, Killing Joke is a big band we dig. Uh, David Bowie, he's a good band. Um, yeah. There's other good bands. Um, what'd you say? Come here, you can talk too. Who? Yeah, but just you know, uh, different things. Uh, you know. I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now a little bit. But okay, all right. Those are a couple things we dig. Well, what's the band's official position on Crocs? You know, mm -hmm. it's getting to be that time of year when it's warmer out and people, we're going to be seeing these things all over the place. These, whatever, I guess they're things, whatever. They're going to they're invade our comfort zone. Are you, wh how do you guys feel about them? Um, I don't care for them personally. My son loves them. He wants to wear them to school every day even when it's pouring down rain. However, um, I'm a little more into jorts for there summertime. There you go. There yeah. you go. Looks better on the ladies, but we wear them too. All right. Yeah. Um, so what are their mid-range career goals of the band? Uh, I don't know. Probably just keep putting out albums and stuff, and maybe one day someone will hear them and go like, oh, wow, they actually have a whole library of cool stuff, you know? So we'll see. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe we can lend a hand in that. Um, yeah, I like that. So the last question, uh, if you guys could open for any band on the planet, like right now, who would it be? Huh. Any band, huh? Um, Black Sabbath. Yeah, I know they're done, so that makes it even cooler. So, Led Zeppelin. When they okay. come back, we'll we'll open for them. All right, that's for the record. All right, well, what's the name of the next song? The next one is called "They're All the Same." 
Okay, let's do it. Your last guest, Margaret Cho, is waiting to okay. speak with you. Was that okay, Gerald? <laughs> well, it was passable, but I think you could enunciate more clearly, waiting to speak with you. I really don't care how you guys say it. If Margaret's on the line, I need to speak with her now. And you would already be speaking with her if I was serving in my normal role as co-host. I don't think so. I'm not stopping the call from being put through. What is that chance the intern doing right now? It's his job, and he's over there playing on his phone. Someone put that freaking call through to Spud. It, it, no need for profanity, Amber. There are FCC regulations we have to deal with. Hey, Bud, what's your problem? I don't think freaking is going to torque off the FCC, okay? Uh, someone just put Margaret through now. 
Welcome back to the show, a real favorite of ours, Ms. Margaret Cho. Very nice of you to check in with us again. Thank you, thank you very much. So, the Fresh Off the Bloat Tour continues on. You know, we're aired in a number of markets around the country, so people need to keep their eyes open if you're dropping by their city. Yeah, it's already been all over the United States and then also all over Europe and now uh, going to Asia for the sort of second leg of it. Um, but yeah, I'm very likely coming to your town sometime soon. You know, Margaret, we are carried in the UK. I was just curious, you just completed your European tour. Um, is anything interesting happen on the other side of the pond? I, I've been there, um, well, I, I've been there for this tour and I've been there a number of times. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because we have so much to like, not uh, necessarily apologize for, it's not our fault, but it also is our fault too. It's kind of like this thing where um, you're, you're sort of on this very big goodwill mission um, when you're going over there. Obviously, they're appalled by what's happening over here, as they should be. You know, they they watch us very closely, and there are uh, very, very sort of like trusted neighbors. So this is a very terrible situation. But it's it's great to be able to go over there and talk about what's going on. Yeah, well, you know, what's your take on President Trump taking a meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un? Because I asked because you were nominated for an Emmy for playing his dad, Kim Jong-il, so you have a ton more knowledge about the family than our current commander-in-chief. I do. I do. Um, I, I actually think Vince Rodman is a far better ambassador. Um, oh, that's true. They, uh, <laughs> they, they don't seem like they would get along, um, but... You know, there also there's there's some similarities. You know, they're they're both sort of very childish, very um, bratty guys. You know, they're they're kind of both big giant babies. So that that sort of makes sense. So maybe they could relate on that level. Yeah, I was thinking Trump's people should ask you to play the son. You know, in, in like a mock meeting, like they do preparing for presidential debates. I mean. I, we know he doesn't follow uh, note cards as staff prepares, so I'm thinking we should all be a little freaked out if this ever does happen, which I have my doubts, but... I think I, I should be able to help. I mean, I, I can definitely pass for him anyway. Um, uh, uh, Spud? Yes? Uh, well, I hope you are not serious about your suggestion. I mean, as talented as Margaret Cho is, I'm quite sure President Trump does not need to do a mock meeting with Kim Jong-un uh, or an impersonator like that. He, he's the king of the art of the deal. He does not need any help preparing to meet this North Korean dictator. Uh, hey, Margaret, just a sec. Well, he does love dictators, so maybe not. Uh, I was just thinking it couldn't hurt. Spud, why do you always bring up politics and stuff on this show? When I listen at home, I get really bored hearing about the president, the government, and things like that. You should talk about topics people are interested in. Well, Amber, I'm sorry I'm boring you. Yeah, you know what? I've actually got to agree with Amber on this one. Spud, you continually make fun of our commander-in-chief. I don't understand why you don't get on the Trump train like the rest of America. I throw up on trains, okay? Getting, like, train sick is not fun. No. Just let me get back to Margaret. All right, I have returned. Um. Yeah, Margaret, you've stated this previously that all ethnicities have their own quirks and traits. You were quoted as saying the Korean culture is somewhat aggressive in their humor. I think you used the word savage. Were, were you uh, on the receiving end of a few too many verbal jabs growing up? 
Oh, gosh, yeah, of course. I mean, that, the thing is that when you um, grow up Korean, it, it's pretty intense. You know, the, the, the criticism and the conformity, all of the things that they want you to be, it's just not who I am naturally. So it was very tough. Um, but uh, now it's great to have survived all of that and, and kind of live to tell, also because all those people are dead. So it's like up to me to continue the culture and stop all the things that I think are wrong and, and start, start and keep all the things I think are right. Okay, moving on to your film career, you're in the new Netflix film, Bright, starring Will Smith. You play an LAPD sergeant and not a nice person. How was that experience? Did you get to do like a ride-along or something interesting to prepare for the role? I did. I did quite a lot of work with the LAPD, um, and I did a uh, a lot of simulated um, situations where you go and you have, um, you kind of decide when it, it's a good time to pull your weapon. And I did a lot of um, these kinds of exercises. I'm not familiar with any of this kind of stuff, so it was a very valuable lesson for me. Right. Okay, well, let, let's, let me close our conversation with this. Um, I may have hit you with this in the past, but uh, let's deal in the current sense. Uh, Margaret Cho, if you were commissioner of the world, what would be your first executive order? Because they're all the rage now these days. What would it be right now, that, like at this point? <laughs> right now? Um, right now, I think we just need some peace. I think we just need some sensibility. I think we need to take Trump out of office first and pants. It's not just enough to <laughs> both of them out. Um, we need to uh, just get back to a sense of real um, politicians and not these sort of big reality stars um, taking over. Um, I just want everybody to make some sense. Yeah, so no future in American politics for, for the Kardashians. That's what I guess we're... No, I mean, ultimately, though, they would probably be better. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't do any worse. They couldn't do any worse. No, they could, we couldn't do any worse. All right. I think Kris Jenner would be kind of... Actually, she's done such a successful job with her family. Um, it wouldn't be so terrible. All right. Nice lady. All right, I'm, I'm going to let you go. So you take care of yourself, and I hope we will talk again. Okay, thank you very much. Ms. Margaret Cho. Okay, Google. Okay, Google is smarter than any humans or even the guy who invented the internet, Al Gore. Yes, being too smart can sometimes make people seem like a big bore. But an app never makes you feel so inadequate that you despise yourself to your core. I prefer software over smarty pants. Much more. Asking a real person a question is often such a chore. Okay, Google is never wrong, except when I occasionally stutter. My, how time flies! Spud, if I could offer one thought after serving as co-host on your show, yeah, I have to say, a monkey could do this job. Seriously. Seriously. I don't know about a monkey. I mean, most monkeys poop everywhere, and that would create a problem in this tiny studio. But, you know, maybe if we put a diaper on one. Okay, I, I can sense that comment was directed at me, but I'm going to try to take the high road here. 
I'm not trying to diss you, Gerald, but be real. I now know being a co-host is a meaningless position. I came in oh, here wow. thinking, I, I, was, I thought I was going to be talking with celebrities, you know, famous people, and I found out that I just have to sit here and keep my mouth shut. It's very frustrating, and I know I could have saved the show because I'm very good look, at it. Look, look, I, I, I don't need two disgruntled co-workers. One is enough. Amber, I was honest with you about what your duties would be filling in, and I told you it wouldn't be that much fun, but you really, really wanted to do this. I'm sorry that you're bummed. I know you but, told me yeah. it might not be my big break, but I thought it would at least help me get my toe in the door of show business. God, there's nothing in the show of me that I could put on a reel to send out. Can I maybe do something now that would better showcase my skills? All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. I mean, I doubt anyone is still listening at this point. No, I can't let you do that. I, I have to wrap things up now, so... I was thinking I, I could be the show's field correspondent, who covers shows no that are must-see TV, like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I know you hate all reality TV, but you wouldn't have yes, to deal with it. I'd handle everything. I bet ABC would let me on the set occasionally when they tape the show if I spoke to the right person. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Now that would really help the ratings of this little radio show. What do you say? Yeah, I, I don't know if those shows fit real well with the demographics of our audience. And speaking for myself, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I have to leave the room when you, when you like, are watching them. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, I despise those type of shows, and, and it continues to be a problem area in our, like, sort of relationship. But think of it this way. If I can get press cred credentials to do features for this show, I'll be down in L.A. a lot of the time, and you won't have to deal with the show being on when we're together. Mmm. Oh, that is terrific. You, you know what? Now, this is the first smart thing I've heard from you, Amber. That is a great idea. We don't have the budget to put you up. Amber in a, in L.A. I mean, even if even if you stayed at a Motel Six, this is pie in the sky stuff. Get real. What if I paid for everything? I haven't told you this, but my grandfather died last month, and I can oh, now have sorry. access to Hear the that. trust fund he set up in my name. It's a lot of money, so this would be my first investment in me, and I totally deserve it. Well, all I need from you, Spud, is to have your producer let ABC know I am legit, and I'll handle everything else. Okay, I would be glad to write a letter of recommendation if that would help. I'm here to help. How much juice does a temporary co-host have with the network suits? Come on. I mean, even if I wrote something, it wouldn't help. Well, that first, that's temporary permanent co-host whatever amber you uh have no experience in broadcasting and stalking me and crashing the studio you know to, to get on the air a few times is not something you can put on a resume well i know i could get the e-channel to let me cover keeping up with the kardashians that show loves oh, the really? press uh, yeah you okay. know a guy at costco last week said i looked a lot like kendall jenner that's ridiculous well a little older kendall jenner uh, okay, Amber, there's no way the E-Channel is going to take you seriously if, if you ask for access to the, um, you know, I don't know, what do you call the people on that show? Actors, celebrities, human train wrecks, what, you know, I don't know. You, you know, I, I've heard of those Kardashians. My goodness. From what people at our church say about that family, well, I, I, I hope someday soon they turn to God and ask for his forgiveness. Courtney, Chloe. I think even God has his limits as far as forgiveness. Well, they're probably out of luck on that angle. Spud, why do you always have to be so negative? How do you even get out of bed in the morning with such a total downer attitude? You need to change your meds or something. Here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. 
I prefer to think of it as a realistically pessimistic attitude. <laughs> My therapist and I continue to work on this, as I've told you. But listen, right now I have to sign off. So let me do my job here. Okay. <clears throat> I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Well, goodbye, everyone. I know you're excited to hear from me, Amber, again very soon from Hollywood. Oh, no. We can pray. Yeah. Okay. Once again, here are the Stereo Creeps. by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Trevor Jaffstad, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director T.J. Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. (laughs) 